This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, a practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is episode 188, which is airing in early March of 2021. Uh, I will be interviewing Dr. Christine Coe, who is the co-host of the Edit Your Life podcast. She's also an author and a social media person and all around, you know, great person. <laughs> I don't know how to describe. She has a lot of different roles. And that's one of the things we talk about um, in this episode, because she's definitely into the concept of minimalism. She also has a varied career. And so we'll talk about how that plays in and how very busy people can organize all of those things without getting too crazy in any given one of them. But yeah, Sarah's been listening to the Edit Your Life podcast that Christine uh, co-hosts. And, and so we were thinking of some of our favorite podcast listening hacks. <laughs> Is that what I'm supposed to transition into that? <laughs> sure. Podcast listening hacks. Well, and you could also mention that you're going to be on Edit Your Life at some I am, point. I am. So I may have should... by the time. Well, I'm not sure quite how the order is going with all this, but uh, yeah, soon, if not already. And we'll let you know if, if we, if we, when we see that come up as well, because that will be a fun mashup for those of you don't listen to Edit Your Life to get an introduction 
But yeah, like, okay, so well, you shared my screenshot podcast hack, I believe on before breakfast. I did. It's actually um, today's episode when we're recording this in, in February. Um, but oh, what are the chances of that? That's so cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so share, so my, share what the heck is. Yeah. So my screenshot hack is like the dumbest thing ever. But I just realized like, because a lot of times I'll listen to a podcast while running. And then I'll be like, and you know, how especially when you're running, you have endorphins and you're like, that person knows the secret to the universe. I must capture this brilliant idea. And so, but you're like, but I'm running. Like, how am I going to? And then I realized if I unlock my phone, I can actually screenshot and it will show my podcast player anyway, where I was, which podcast was playing and where I was in the podcast. So I can actually go back to that specific moment. Sometimes I may be disappointed and find out that it was more like the running high that made me, <laughs> but I've done that a few times. I, I re- Most recently I've been doing it on my Sunday long run. I like to listen to No Stupid Questions, which is with uh, Stephen Dubner and Angela Duckworth. And I, I think it's, I just love that podcast. Like I like it. I love Freakonomics, but I like this even more. And I'm always like, that was a brilliant insight. And then I can screenshot it and go back to it. So I love it. Well, screenshots are good in general. I mean, it's just anything that you aren't entirely sure you're going to use, but you wanted to capture. It's a very quick way to take a note without, you know, relying on some sort of note taking function on on your phone or having a pen with you or something like that. I feel like Apple needs to get a little better so that you could Google your, your screenshots. Like if they could get to the point, you know, Google Photos is excellent. Like if I have all my photos uploaded and I Google like black cat, it'll find like the three photos over 10 years where there's a black cat. I don't feel like that functionality is there on my iPhone yet. But Apple, if you are listening, we need to be able to <laughs> your next million, search. Billion dollar idea from Sarah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we need to be able to search our screenshots. All right. What speed do you listen to? <laughs> Generally 1.5, unless it's a music (laughs) podcast. That's the one exception. My like all songs considered is like the one podcast where obviously I can't listen to that sped up. I'm at the point where if I try to listen to something at 1.0, I'm like, this is so boring. Like who could sit here through this? Yeah. So we differ on that, don't Mm, we? Oh, do we differ? So my husband may listen to things at 1.5 or 2 speed or whatever when he's in the car and so suddenly when he when we're all in the car and he like puts on his phone, it's we'll be listening to voices coming at one and a half speed. And I'm just like, ah, I can't take it. I cannot take it. And I don't necessarily think that I'm a highly sensitive person or whatever, but it it just it it makes my it's like fingernails grating on a chalkboard to me. So I will listen, you know, there are plenty of people who talk fast enough. I mean, I've I've been told that my before breakfast speaking speed is is not off what like somebody might talk at 1.5. But it's I I feel like there's a certain what do we say that your voice is part of your instrument and your pacing is part of that. And so if you're listening at a different speed than the content creator wanted you to be listening to it's something like reading the cliff notes of your book. And and so I understand it like that, you know, yes, if you are about to take a final exam on this and you didn't have time to read it, there is a purpose for doing that. But if the point is entertainment and in general enjoyment, then the the content creator had something that they were doing with their voice. And <sighs> my argument it. is that my brain will adjust I don't know. I I get what I do get what you're saying. Our podcasts, that level of artistry. I mean, we're recording right now. 
I don't know if I can elevate my pauses to quite. <laughs> well, that is why I would never listen to a music podcast. I mean, that would yes. be crossing the line. Like that would be terrible because that is art and you would mess it up and it would be so, but that's, that is a very interesting take. Um, and Josh does not like sped up podcasts either. So we have that like, Maybe it's an introversion thing, right? Because I know you're more, maybe you're comfortable with more sort of vocal filling of space. I get frustrated when multiple children are talking at the same time um, or talking loudly. And and so I think it has something to do with that. Oh, that's interesting. And then the funny thing is I'm not even like a fast reader. So I don't know why I feel like I need the information to come at me like a fire hose when I'm listening to a podcast. And there are people that are faster than me. So I do 1.5 usually, maybe 1.75 in a slow talker. I recently polled my best laid plans listeners because I also feel like I talk pretty fast. And I partly attribute that to, oh my God, I feel like my podcast model is listening at 1.5 speed. So does that train me to speak faster on my own podcast? I don't know. And somebody wrote to me that they listen to all their podcasts at 2x, except for Best Laid Plans, which they listen at 1.9x. So I guess I'm not that fast. <laughs> 1.9. I didn't even know you could do that. I thought this was uh, in discrete multiples of like 0.5, but... <laughs> I think it would depend on the player that you're the using. player, that's true. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Shall we just go oh. over to... What? Oh, okay. No, no, no. I have one more podcast Okay, thing, one more podcast you can, I think it's totally okay to subscribe to way more podcasts than you're going to listen to. And it actually helps the podcast creators to some extent because every download counts. And then you can always have a multiple topics to choose from. The only thing is then you need some sort of like deleting ritual and you can either set your phone to auto delete things after they have, you know, a certain number of episodes. Or I have this new thing like on Friday, I just go through and I get rid of like everything I know I'm not going to listen to. But I actually feel good like, oh, I'm keeping that in my queue because I'm supporting this maybe smaller podcaster with with downloads. Excellent. Maybe that's bad to admit that because like I'm sure the advertisers want people to hear every word that is being sold, but whatever. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, let's go over to Christine and hear what she has to say. Well, Sarah and I are delighted to welcome Christine Coe to the program. Uh, so Christine, tell us all about your wonderful projects. Oh, boy. Well, hi, Laura. Um, this is really exciting to be on the show. I um, I guess in a nutshell, the quickest way to describe me is I used to be a neuroscientist. I was a music and brain scientist for many years, got a PhD, did a postdoc, and then decided to pivot, not surprisingly, like once I had kids and all that. And I've since built a career that's involved a blog, a book, minimalist parenting, um, a couple podcasts like you. I'm a, a dual podcaster with um, Edit Your Life and Hello Relationships, which I do with my therapist husband. And what else? I'm a creative director at a social media for social good agency called Women Online. And my husband and I weirdly also have a sort of advocacy apparel collection. Such a weird assortment of things. <laughs> it is such a mix. And, and is the apparel all in your basement? Is that, I mean, well, it used how does to that be. fit into all this? <laughs> I know. It, at the very beginning, it used to be. And now, thank goodness, we outsource our production, which makes life a lot easier. Yes, yes. Or at least gives you your basement space back, which as listeners of the Edit Your Life podcast know, part of editing your life is uh, <laughs> editing your space, right? It sure is. Yeah, we, we've actually recently talked a lot. Actually, our top episode from 2020 was on pandemic home decluttering and styling. And I just think everybody's home a lot more. They're paying attention and really trying to optimize. So that's definitely been important. And you have two children who are currently 
doing virtual learning, right? They are. One is hybrid at the moment. The other was hybrid, but switched to remote. So, you know, they're on like your kids, everybody's schedule is kind of different and we are just kind of juggling and trying to make it all work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're one of the early internet pioneers. So Boston Mamas, I think, has been around since what, 2006? 2006. So old. (laughs) So what made you think back then, like this is, you know, we need hyper local blog type coverage. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, well, this, I know, I know. Especially it's, since you're a neuroscientist, like where, where did this, you're like, the, I know what the world needs right well, now. Well, <laughs> you know, since I know that you and I are both very data oriented people, um, I will say that when I became a parent, um, people were constantly, you know, I sort of went through that phase where a bunch of friends were also becoming parents. Um, I'm sure that that's happened with you as well. And people would ask me because they know I would sort of research things ad nauseum. And at one point I was like, wow, it would just be nice if I had like a central place to just drop all this information so I didn't have to keep emailing it to people. And one of my tech friends was like, you need a blog. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I would say despite the fact that there are, are all these different projects that I do, I think the real thread that runs through all of them is that I've always been somebody who looks for sort of a hole, you know, that a, a need that exists and I want to fill it. So at that time, you know, Boston had calendar sites. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to like work on managing event listings, but it needed sort of like a lifestyle portal of some kind. And so I set about to fill it and it kind of like took off. I didn't even expect that really to happen, but it did. Which is wonderful and and still exists, right? Still exists, still Still churning. (laughs) Um, So you do so many things in your life, but with the Edit Your Life podcast, one of the things you talk about is editing the unnecessary. Mm. What, What does it mean to edit the unnecessary from your life? You know, it's um, it's really all about figuring out what matters to you. Um, I know we're aligned in this, you know, figuring out your values and what you really want to do with your time. And I feel like the baseline thing, and we, Asha and I, um, Asha Dornfest is my co-host at the Edit Your Life podcast and also, you know, our book, Minimalist Parenting. And one of the things that we talk about in the book is that editing really starts with like, what we call a more or less list. So it could be really like on the back of an envelope, it could be in a pretty bullet journal, it could be in a Google Doc, but just like quickly jotting down, like what do you want more of and what do you want less of? And it can just help you, that simple action, I'm talking like brainstorm for like 20 seconds or something, you know, it just helps you prioritize and really have a visual on, you know, what you would like to make more space for in your life and then what you can like work on getting rid of really intentionally. And I think the thing that I like about that list is that you can apply it to anything, whether it's home, time, work, whatever. And one of the things that's interesting to me with this is a lot of the talk of minimalism. I mean, there are people who are saying things like, oh, I, we don't want to do any things this weekend, right? Like we did things during the week. There's no things to be done on the weekend mm. or, you know, I want to do nothing with my time. And you do so many different things. <laughs> so <laughs> how does how does minimalism work when you have, I mean, a dozen different professional hats? Yeah, well, I think that the probably unsatisfying public answer is that you know, it's not a one size fits all solution. You know, everybody's going to have every family, I feel like even will have a different baseline for how busy they like to be, you know, in a given week. Um, Some families have a pretty low threshold for how many things they want to commit to in a week. Others really, really like to be busy and that's fine. But I think the key is 
figuring out like kind of I I sort of joke about the book is all about like figuring out where your baseline of crazy is and then just like figuring out a few degrees of freedom that you can insert, a few things that you can get rid of, the stuff that you really don't want to do anyway, just to give yourself a little more breathing room. And what sorts of things have you managed to edit that are unnecessary out of your life lately? Oh, wow. Well, you know, it's it's so interesting. The irony of the pandemic is that, you know, life has been edited <laughs> for you <laughs> so ma- so massively for us. But I think that I am really picky about my time. My my schedule during the week is really quite full of meetings. And so I routinely go through and look at the calendar and try to figure out, okay, is this really if the calendar is super full, for example, on a given week, and I know I'm personally somebody somebody who really needs some like runways of time um, and chunks of time, you know, ideally two or three hour blocks of time where I can just kind of focus on work, then I'll move stuff around. I'll edit meetings, I'll see if I can move it to a different week that kind of thing. You know, social is not happening as much, but I am really picky about, you know, that time and and have prioritized in knowing how good it is for my mental health, you know, seeing at least having at least one friend connection every weekend, you know, whether it's Zoom, whether it's, you know, just a, you know, a walk around the neighborhood, something. Um, you know, the things that we need to add in because they nurture us and they fill us up are really just as important as the stuff we need to shed. Excellent advice. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back in just a few minutes. Hey, listeners. Here at Best of Both Worlds, we love sleep. We want you to get the best sleep possible. A big part of that is sleeping on the right mattress. Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They even have mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. I took the Helix quiz and I was matched with the Dusk mattress model because I sleep on my stomach. The mattress is awesome and delivery and setup are fast and easy. Just go to helixsleep.com slash best of, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash best of. That's helixsleep.com slash best of. So I am here with Christine Coe, who has all sorts of hats that she wears, um, but many of our listeners know her from the Edit Your Life podcast. And so we're talking a little bit about how we can edit our lives to be more awesome. Um, and one of the reasons you say we edit the unnecessary is because it leaves space for awesomeness. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what sort of awesomeness have you seen come into life, like when people leave more open space? Well, I think that it, it, the, the word hobby or the word like, you know, the phrase like things that bring you joy, I know that they're a little like trite and overused, but I think they matter so much. You know, one thing I hear from our listeners and just, you know, so many people on social media that the simplest things like books, like plants and giving love to plants, like 
taking time to like make a batch of cookies with your kids. All these like super simple things are things that really matter to people. And I think that, you know, when you kind of cut out some of the stuff that's, you know, giving you anxiety or really making you unhappy and you have the room to insert that stuff, like that's where the gold is. And and I actually kind of love that it's those simple little things oftentimes that people really need in their life to feel a little bit more whole. Yeah. And interesting, many of those things are kind of in our homes right now. Yeah. You're talking about the plants, the baking, all pandemic friendly. Um, <laughs> but I think a lot of folks are finding their physical spaces mm. a little bit harder to edit mm-hmm. <laughs> of late mm-hmm. um, as everyone is on top of each other. So what? let's talk some tips for home organization and editing that have been useful, especially now. Yeah, yeah. I have two sort of key things that are top of mind that I think um, will be a common experience that a lot of people are struggling with. You know, one is personally, I have um, become sort of command center now instead of working in my office, working on the at the dining room table. And, you know, the reality is there's just so much more clutter creep now that everybody is home 24-7. And for somebody, I mean, for some people, that doesn't bother them. For somebody like me, it kind of bothers me. It makes it harder for me to focus. So if that is you, I recommend carving out some little space, you know, whether it's your home office, whether it's even just a corner of a room over which you can sort of organize it and make it yours. And I think you just have to like be okay with the rest of it. You know, if you live in a home with other people, like, it's going to be very difficult and kind of a losing battle to control exactly what everybody else does, I feel. So I think having sort of a little sacred space of your own, even if it's really small, is so crucial. And then the other thing I would recommend is perhaps even embracing an imperfect space if it fills you up in a different way. So we got a pandemic dog, <laughs> which has as, really- as, as did everyone, right? As did everybody, which you know has changed a lot of things. But one of the things- that I have been just unwilling to give up because the pandemic dog would really ideally love to sleep in our room with us. But we have this sort of weird space. It's a really weirdly shaped bedroom, but there's this weird space that tends to become a repository for laundry, clean laundry that just gets dumped on the floor before it moves on to like where it needs to go. <laughs> and I, for a while, I tried to battle the laundry, but now I just roll out my yoga mat amidst the laundry and I It's imperfect, but it's where I do my thing. And that's really important. So I think sometimes we get a little stuck on making, you know, wanting to make something really perfect. And it really doesn't need to as long as it can help you get to the goal of like doing the thing that you actually want to do. Sounds like good advice. But if there was one sort of thing you could do to make, uh, you know, the place feel a little bit less cluttered, is there... <laughs> any well, <laughs> any strategies? Uh, you know, let's let's say families who are doing virtual learning. There's mm. just all the added paper printables <laughs> that comes with that. Yeah. Well, I will say that I think that doing like even just like setting a timer and doing a 10 minute family cleanup. Like if we only have four people in our house, but if you actually set a timer and just go through the sort of main high traffic area in your house and do simple stuff like toss all the random papers into the recycling, put the shoes into the bins or whatever the shoe shelves that you have, put the jackets in the closet. These are like super lightning fast things that can make a difference in just a matter of minutes. So I would definitely recommend instead of getting resentful about doing it on your own, have a 10 minute family cleanup time. I mean, my family always sort of like rolls their eyes when I'm like, okay, family cleanup time. But 
they do it and it's quick and it's painless. And, you know, if you put on music, actually, it can be kind of fun. Yeah. How about um, with your, your children, have you asked them to do more around the house since they've been around more? Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of chores and kids. Um, I actually just, I refer to them as life skills. I mean, these are the things that kids need to learn how to be functioning, you know, in the world. They're really a good thing. I would say the key thing that they've really leveled up on is making their own lunch and helping themselves to snack and all those transitions that I think that's been very chaotic for a lot, a lot of parents with remote school is when your kids are on different schedules, especially, and they're eating at different times. And, you know, instead of you having to get up all the time, it's, you know, them taking on that stuff. And then I think also I would say, you know, with kids, you have to kind of remind them. So, you know, one thing at one point I sort of got my knickers in a bunch about, I said, okay, when the dishwasher is clearly empty, like, or there's room in it, instead of putting the dish on the counter above the dishwasher, open the door and put it in. <laughs> it's such a simple thing. <laughs> such a simple thing, but it needed a few reminders. And then my nine-year-old was like, got it. Okay. But it did take it, you know, you have to remind kids because it's not, it is just not going to be top of mind for them. But remind, do a couple of reminders. And I think after a week or so, like they will, you know, start to get in a rhythm with it. Yeah, no, I love that point from um, our mutual friend, uh, KJ, mm -hmm. <laughs> who's been a guest on this podcast as well. But her point that it's two separate things of like doing chores and doing chores without being reminded. And if you let go of the second part, <laughs> you can definitely get the chores done. Um, yeah. But like, you know, so, so don't hold out that as like what you need to make happen, right? That yeah. everyone does chores without being reminded because it may never happen. And then you're just never getting the chores done. So, you know, it's okay. You'll yeah, remind I mean, people. Yeah, it's developmentally appropriate that they're going to just need reminders. So just remember that it's not like something's wrong with them. It's not like they're trying to frustrate you. It's just their kids. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a fun little life skills moment um, the other day of everyone's um, sheets and covers were were washed. And I was like, I do not want to put these back on anyone's bed. I do not feel like doing it. And so everyone was charged with doing it themselves. And it, it took people, you know, an interesting amount of time <laughs> to figure out how, how, how to how to put a top sheet on how yeah. to put a top sheet on or how to stuff a, um, you know, duvet type thing back <laughs> in a cover. Oh, we had that same experience with the yeah, I, it is a little confusing. It, it, I mean, which is why I don't like doing it, but I, I feel like I shouldn't be the only person who absolutely. I'm so glad you did that. That, like, I think will help them develop a, a good appreciation too. <laughs> of what goes into um, actually doing the sheets in the laundry. Around it's, here. It is my least favorite, I will admit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Christine, when this is all over, I mean, yeah, I'm not quite sure at an air date on this, but, you know, eventually life is going to return something to normal. Mm -hmm. um, what are you most looking forward to doing? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think that in a really simple way, I would just say like, you know, hugging people I care about, <laughs> like my mother. Um, I do miss, you know, it's interesting. I've thought a lot because I, I, before pandemic, I traveled all the time for work and sometimes it would be, you know, more extended trips. Sometimes it would be like the day, the day trip in and out of DC. And this has made me rethink like, is that really necessary? Like the day trip when we could otherwise kind of conference call in, like, wouldn't that be sort of better for the planet and our schedules and our fatigue and everything? So it is making me rethink some of that stuff. But I do, 
you know, miss travel in general. Um, and, you know, seeing people and collaborating in person, that is definitely, you know, one thing that I miss a lot. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just do a quick run through of a day in the life of Christine. So, you know, most of us aren't really going anywhere <laughs> these days. So there's, there's sort of less back and forth, but um, you're, you're doing your yoga amid, amid the laundry. And what happens after that? Uh, yeah, well, so I, I usually get up around, I'm a, actually, it occurs to me, I'm fairly regimented, but I usually get up around 630. I need to have my coffee. I just have one cup in the morning, but I really need to have it. My life is happier if I set it up the night before. <laughs> um, yeah, I get up um, usually at 7am. I start work. My husband sort of transitions in and, you know, gets the kids settled and helps with the dog and all this. I do my yoga at 730. And, and I'm talking about like, sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's 20 minutes, it doesn't have to be it's, you know, whatever the practice is that day, but it it's never like an hour. Is it a program or, or like you do a specific? I use yoga with Adrian, which oh. KJ introduced me to. And I'm just following along with a sort of playlist for, you know, uh, the month that she put together. So it's kind of like, I guess my point is, I think a lot of times people get in their mind that in order to take care of themselves, they need to have an hour. And it's not always the case. It could be some 10 minutes is better than no minutes. And then I'm basically round robining with different client projects all morning. Morning is my sort of best time um, up to lunch to really, really dig in with things. Um, also, because pandemic dog is usually napping, take him out for lunch walk. And then it's like just more juggling through the end of the day. But I will say that in the evening, it's super important to me to not be working in the evening, actually, which is kind of the opposite of what a lot of entrepreneurs entrepreneurs do. Um, so I can connect with my husband, who I really like, and my kids. You know, we prioritize reading time and sort of cuddling time. And then I'm like in bed with a book by like 9.30. <laughs> I just, I love sleeping. I'm like an ideally, could I have nine hours of sleep, please, a night person. Sounds really nice. <laughs> and I'm glad to hear that you like your husband. Yeah, he's, <laughs> nice. What he's is fabulous. it, 10, 11 months into uh, pandemic sheltering in yeah. place here? Uh, <laughs> I know that is, I have thought about that. That is a real gift. You know, our family, like, we've been hanging in okay. Like, it's not easy all the time. I was sort of the biggest disaster in the fall, just like trying to get used to the new schedule. But, you know, I think people are figuring it out. And it it's it's not been easy, but I think w- we can do hard things, as they say. We can do hard things. Well, we always end with a love of the week. So this is something that is really cool for you right now. Could be a book, um, album, podcast, you know, object, <laughs> tool, productivity thing. So what's, what's exciting for you right now, Christine? Oh, boy. Well, I have a uh two things, but one's pretty hippie-ish. So I'll share, I'll share a little more accessible one. But um, it is, I have a papered newspaper subscription, like Ooh. delivered to the door, which was a sort of gift from a good friend of mine, because my friend Casey and I had been joking online about newspapers. And uh, actually, like your fitted sheet, or your making the bed example, I had been joking about how funny it was the first time I tried to the first time I watched my kids try to fold a newspaper back together. (laughs) And so uh, like literally 30 seconds later, I got an email saying, you've just received a subscription to the Boston Globe. And so (laughs) it turns out my friend as a lovely gift had given a subscription to the Globe. And I will say, which is, you know, the local city paper, I will say that having a print newspaper has been so fascinating. And 
everybody in the family interacts with it. And we talk about the newspaper and we like play games in the newspaper. So if you're looking to shake things up a little bit, it's been a really delightful old school way to sort of connect and, you know, also stay tuned into things that are happening in your neighborhood. Yeah, I could say my love of the week, maybe the Wall Street Journal, then we subscribe to that. And uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun just to see something that you didn't click on, right? Like you, yes. you weren't, there's a bit more serendipity to it than all the algorithms online. It's exactly what you want to see and then know you're going to want to see. But then you're reading the newspaper and it's like, here's a story about Neanderthals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I joke about because that set me off on like a six month reading spree of like stories of ancient humanity. Um, wow. But that's what happened from from an article. So, you know, there, there's just that serendipitous element that's that's really cool. Yeah. And every now and then, sorry, my last comment on that is just, just that every now and then it might create a connection to another relationship. Like I was just reading the paper this week. I saw a friend's food company featured in the food section of the paper and I, you know, shared it on Instagram stories and tagged them and they were so excited. And I'm going to mail the paper clipping to them. Ooh, I mean, how can you mail a paper clipping? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it, it just, it's so, there's something just so lovely and old school. I mean, we are in like old fashioned times right now. So let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's all right. Everyone subscribe to a paper, clip articles, mail them to each other. Yeah. You'll probably feel happier. That's our happiness and productivity tip for today. All right. Well, Christine, thank you so much for joining us. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Well, if you want to learn more about all the different projects, I think the easiest place uh, to go is christineco.com. I'm Dr. Christine Co on the socials. <laughs> um, and of course, if you're in your podcast app already, um, Edit Your Life is the podcast I do that is probably very synergetic with uh, or is synergetic with what you guys do. And then Hello Relationships, my podcast with my therapist husband, uh, we're coming up on a new season soon. So that's also a fun listen. Excellent. Well, I'm sure we'll all check you out. Thanks for coming on, Christine. Thanks so much. All right. Well, that was our episode, our, our interview with Christine Co. We have a question from potentially a, a budding podcaster. What do you think, Sarah? I do. I, I don't know, but that was my hypothesis. So I'm like, well, wh why else would they want to know? <laughs> what to do? <laughs> but this came from Instagram. It's from somebody named Camille. So I don't know what her podcast might be, but she wrote, how far in advance do you plan your episodes? Well, the answer has changed a little bit. Um, we've gotten a bit more into batch recording, um, especially as we decided to divvy up the interviews a bit more. Um, that it, it turns out it just makes more sense, I think, to do a one-on-one -on -one interview. Um, it's easier to manage the conversation, to direct the flow of questions. And then it's easier for scheduling because we don't have to try to strong-arm guests to come on during the time where both of us are available. Um, so it just opens up the possibilities a bit more in terms of when we can, you know, get various guests and, and, and offering time to them. But then, you know, we, we try to do maybe two guests a month and two us episodes a month, and we can record the us episodes at, at the same time. Yeah, and we try not to get too far ahead because we know that there's something about podcasting where you want the content to be fresh and kind of of the moment. Um, but as you were saying, you kind of have to balance that because if you try to be too fresh, then you're going to really get into some stress in terms of like the production timeline. And um, we do always have to be ready with our Tuesday episode by around the Thursday of the week before. So there's always at least a little bit of lag time. Yeah, just so our, our production people can can get it 
sounding better and, uh, you know, uploaded to the appropriate places with the ads in it and so forth. I have a rhythm with Before Breakfast, which is my other podcast, uh, where I send in a lineup to my producer on Monday for the following Monday to Friday week. So if Monday of the week we were recording this was February 15th, so on the 15th, I sent in the lineup for February 22nd to 26th, which means that I have generally recorded the 22nd to 26th then by the 12th, because I would have done it the previous week. So it's about 10 to 14 days ahead of time, at least. And then depending on when during the week I recorded, it might be more like, you know, 14 to 16 days ahead of time. And the reason to do this, I've found, I mean, partly it's just with the daily podcast, if I was trying to do it every day, I mean, I would, you know, there's no efficiencies to be gained there if you're not batching. Um, But it would also just be, you know, maddening if stuff went wrong in my life, and I couldn't get to doing it. But I think that that's, it's enough ahead of time that it's set, and I can think about it and, you know, not have to come up with something right in the moment, because I'm pressed for time. But on the other hand, it's not so far ahead that it's like, okay, well, I've recorded September and February, and who knows what the the world will be like then. Um, Sarah and I had to wind up shelving, was it like one or two episodes that we recorded um, last year in in February around this time? Um, Because then, you know, we're like, getting out the door in the morning. How do we get out the door in the morning? And then nobody was getting out the door in the morning. Yeah, you, you can't, there are certain things, and, and, and you know, there are probably maybe someday if something terrible happens, I'd rather skip a week than air something completely ridiculous. So hopefully nothing will happen yeah, of that magnitude, but. We, we shall see. I mean, <laughs> life comes at you fast, but, uh, you know, we then did a few bonus COVID episodes too as we were adjusting to it. So I guess it all comes out in the wash. But yeah, I think it's almost always better to be somewhat ahead um, because the upsides of not scrambling are more than the downsides of occasionally having to re-record when the world does get away from you. Uh, so that's my my advice there. A little bit ahead, not too far ahead. <laughs> How, uh, you do best laid plans in batches though, right? Um, sometimes I try to do it at least a week ahead. Um, the episodes are shorter, so it doesn't feel as high pressure. I'm like, if I can think of some review and topic to talk about, like, sometimes I'll just do one at a time. So actually, yeah, I think I do less batching for that, maybe because it's just one person. So it feels more low key if I'm just jumping on. I have batched my interviews, though. I did like two back to back interviews last week. And it was like, yeah, content. <laughs> All right. Well, this- All right. Love oh, of the week. Yeah. I didn't oh, put okay. mine on. Sorry. I didn't put mine on, but I did write one down. Do you have one? Um, I'll come up with something. Go for it. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Well, maybe you did one with Christine. I don't know. But mine is Google Drive because it is a really, really lovely way to share like spreadsheets and stuff. And we have like a very functioning one right now for this podcast, which only took us like a couple years to do. Um, <laughs> but it's it working really nicely. I will admit and, that possibly um, Sarah has been in the spreadsheet a bit more than I have. <laughs> it's good to, it's good to have a podcast <laughs> co-host who's very organized. <laughs> But you know what? It's it's great to have something shared where you know that the other person can look That's at any true. time if needed. So That's true. Better like than Google you Doc. know, emailing Excel back and forth too. I use Google Docs for some things. I've done that for a couple of um bigger projects now when I need to have multiple people viewing something. Um I mean a lot of the stuff I write is just me, really, um, until I turn it in. So it's I, I never write stuff in Google Docs. I, I do it in whatever the default Apple Pages is on my my laptop, 
And then I just cut and paste over to Google Docs if I need to have a sharing system with with multiple people. Um, we'll see how that evolves over time, but that's just you know what it what it works for me right now. All right. Well, this has been Best of Both Worlds. I've been uh, interviewing Dr. Christine Coe uh, in the interview section. We've been talking a lot about podcasting in the rest of the episode. We will be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.